All right, good morning, everyone. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, and the draft is in the books. And uh, I will say, Wiz, when I when I think about this draft, the Aaron Rodgers news, not, not to take anything away from the players uh, that were drafted and where they landed, but the Rodgers news definitely supersedes almost everything else. It seems like now it's going to just be constant, constant, back and forth in terms of that situation. And uh, and the other thing is the, the Trey Lance pick by the San Francisco 49ers. Those are the two big things that I take away from uh, from a very exciting NFL draft. So uh, good morning to you. How are you doing today, Wiz? Yeah, good morning. I'm, do, I'm doing well. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers, the timing of it um, is very, very strange to me. Um, he has put the Packers in a, in a horrendous position. Uh, he probably doesn't care that he's done that, but um, if he would have started making these demands or whatever he's calling it at this point a couple of weeks ago, then they could have done something prior to the draft. I mean, to start talking about this the day before the draft or the day of or right around, you know, it, it's very difficult. I mean, if his goal is to get another contract with Green Bay and get more money or whatever he's trying to do from a contract standpoint. He didn't have to go through that. If it's to really that he's played his last game with Green Bay and he wants out of there, then doing it at that point has made it very difficult because uh, with picks uh, before draft, it would have been a lot easier for Green Bay to make a trade with, especially with a team like Denver. Now if Green Bay hypothetically wants to make a trade with Denver, they're going to have to get some key players back that, that are rookie contracts, I think, with Denver uh, to make that trade work and draft picks. But you have to be dubious about draft picks, right? At this point, if you trade Aaron Rodgers to Denver and you're getting back future draft picks, you have to think to yourself, you're not going to be getting such great picks because he's going to improve the team so much. So uh, I agree with you that uh, that the timing of it uh, – really uh, cast a big shadow over the, over the draft. Uh, but it didn't take away from the players because it, it was it was spectacular. And uh, Cleveland was going crazy, as rightfully they should. They're, they had a great draft, but we'll, we'll get to that down the road. But uh, a lot of a lot of stuff. And right now, all uh, attention should be focused on the upcoming season. Yeah, I think, you know, for you and I, look, there's, there, there's some things that we're going to do differently this year. We talked a little bit about it in terms of, you know, some of the things that we're going to focus on on a week-to-week basis in terms of, you know, catering a little bit more to the kind of the DraftKings lineups or the proprietary side of things. But it's not to take away from from, from those folks that are continuing, like ourselves as well, uh, to be involved in, in, le- in, in year-long leagues where you're managing a roster. And there's a lot of decisions that are going to come from what just transpired. And, and you know, Wiz and I are going to go over this Obviously, you take into account as well the number of changes that teams uh, had on their rosters or as a result of free agency. So, so there's much to discuss here. There's fantasy implications across the board. Uh, you know, we're going to give our best assessment of where we think that goes as the kind of the rookies fall in line and the opportunities that they may get. You know, and and this is an interesting year too because. Trey Lance, for example, only played one college football game this year. A number of the players, like some of the guys in the Big Ten, played a very limited schedule, you know, playing five, six, seven games or players that opted out early. So, And, and in some cases, that did impact, um, you know, draft status as a result. So so lots of great things happened. Um, you know, I, I do think the Trey Lance thing was, was something that it, it was a long and hard decision. I know, you know, you talked uh, – 
at length about about Mac Jones, and I and I do think that it really was something that was decided in, in very recent days uh, leading up to the draft and obviously the decision to move up and take the player uh, and invest in their future uh, draft picks as a result, uh, you know, kind of kind of shaped the way this draft uh, played out. You know, we're going to do this division by division. Uh, there's a number of reunions that took place for key college players that played with one another. You know, and there was some tough decisions. You know, we talked about this at length and you really stressed that, hey, this draft where it really starts is, you know, whatever, three, four, five. And those picks could have gone either way. Uh, you know, again, time will tell if those were the right decisions and the cascade effect of what transpired throughout this first round and, and actually throughout the draft is something that will be discussed and, and, and time will be the barometer uh, for how these players fare. Yeah, there's no, there's no question about it. Uh, teams really gambled, um, I guess, with their early picks, hoping that they'd be able to shore up other positions that they also needed later on. I think there were some examples of where it really worked. And then I think there are some examples where it may have backfired. And in retrospect, uh, when you're looking at a draft and you're looking at a combination of players, um, it maybe didn't work and they had to reach for players with their second and third round picks. But we'll, we'll get to that. We'll take this by a team by team basis. All right. So let's, uh, let's get cracking here. And the team I do want to start with is the new England Patriots. And, and we, we talked about what they did uh, before the draft. They were probably the most active and spent the most money of any team uh, took advantage of kind of the way things played out this year. Uh, and this was a very critical draft for the Patriots in that, look, the, you and I kind of shook our heads a little bit at Cam Newton being signed to the contract that he got signed. Uh, they end up doing something which I think was very key in this particular draft, and I did mention this, that I thought that it would be the case that Mac Jones was going to fall to them without them having to expend any draft capital to get that player. And and to me, when I look at the Patriot draft, now obviously it starts with Mac Jones, but then the picks that come afterwards, it's a draft that sets up very nicely uh, for what Bill Belichick and this team wants to do. And like I said, they add to what I think is probably one of the best free agent classes that you know of, of any of the teams in the league with a very, very solid draft. So I'll kind of pass the baton to you here. You know, what's your take on Mac Jones? Obviously, you did think he was going to be the third pick in the draft. So obviously, you have a very high opinion of him. He's a guy that will probably fit very well into the Patriots scheme. And then they make some very, very key defensive acquisitions here in the draft as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, you know, Mac Jones falling to 15 was exactly what, you know, New England was hoping for and it ended up working out. But I, I thought some of their other picks were excellent. I thought they had a terrific draft. I had Christian Barmar as a first round uh talent. I thought he should have been a first-round pick. I felt that as far as defensive line, interior defensive lineman, he was as good as it got uh, in his draft, uh, and he was taken with the 38th pick. I thought that was fantastic. Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma is a game wrecker. He was getting better and better, and I think the only reason um, that he didn't go even earlier was because some of it was against subpar competition and uh that's that's not his fault but i thought he was uh, a terrific a terrific player and uh they drafted another running back uh ramondre stevenson from oklahoma and and they they drafted some good players even in the later rounds i thought the patriots from start to finish um had eight picks 
and every one of them was a pretty good pick. I, I really like what the Patriots did in their draft, but I think it was more of what they did in the middle of that draft. Uh, you know, Mac Jones at 15 works out for them, but I thought they made some terrific value picks all along the way. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And I think a team like the Patriots who want to run the football a bit, you know, when a guy like Stevenson is drafted in the fourth round, it's something that you do have to pay attention to. You know, I realize that they still have a pretty thick uh, running back room there. Sony Michelle, uh, Damian Harris, uh, uh, James White is back. But, you know, we know how J- uh, um, uh, Blunt, LeGarrette Blunt was used in this offense, and, and Stevenson's one of those big power backs, so it'll be something to watch for. They did reach for a wide receiver late in this draft. Trey Nixon started his career at Mississippi, finished at UCF. He was the number two receiver behind Gabriel Davis. So it'll be interesting to see if a player like that makes any noise in camp. Just something to watch, that's all. And, I mean, I think the way the Patriots work this draft is, you know, they, 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 they in the offseason with the free agent signings, they signed the two best tight ends out there, uh, several receivers that they hope is going to improve their receiving core, and then they attack the other positions in this draft with some terrific defensive players, Mac Jones as well. And uh, as you mentioned, they mixed in a running back and Trey Nixon with their last uh, pick, 242nd pick in the draft. So overall, uh, very, very impressed with what the Patriots did uh, in this draft. All right, so before we move on to the Jets in Miami, because we talked a lot about what this draft meant for those two teams in terms of how much draft capital they had, but let's tackle Buffalo. Um, You and I both felt that this team needed a little bit more edge rushing presence. We felt they could have used some more help on that offensive line and in the secondary. So do you think the Bills have kind of done what they needed to do in this draft? They didn't have a lot of draft picks, uh, but to me, it seems like they did address the positions that they did need to address. Um, I know there was some rumblings out there that they may do something at running back. They did not. So I guess that bodes well for guys like Zach Moss and, and Devin Singletary. So your take on the Buffalo Bills, Wiz? I thought it was. I thought the draft was was okay. I didn't think it was great. <clears throat> I, I didn't think it was terrible. I thought it was somewhere in the middle of the pack. If I'm looking at all of the teams drafting, uh, Gregory Rousseau is a, is is a, is a beast. I mean, he's just a, a freak of a player when you watch him. Uh, his size and the way he moves for that size is ridiculous. And uh, yeah, we talked about that they needed to get after the opposing quarterback and how much of a kind of a letdown the Bills defense was last year and uh Rousseau and, and Basham from from Miami and Wake Forest respectively are both edge rushers and that's what they did. I mean they they kinda like went after what they needed. Defense, edge rusher, shut up that offensive line and they took, you know, edge, edge, and then two offensive tackles with their first four picks. Um, they didn't have a lot of draft equity, but uh, I, I thought it was okay. I thought <clears throat> they didn't make any splash picks with the exception of Rousseau with their first pick, uh, who, was a, who was a good value pick uh, considering they had the 30th pick. But I, I thought overall the draft was okay. They kind of drafted as needs, um, which is always a good thing. And uh, getting after the quarterback and protecting Josh Allen with their goals, and uh, that's what they did with their first four picks. All right, so let, let, let's get to the Jets. Um, you know, so obviously the Jets had the number two pick in this draft. They had a number of picks coming in this in, into it. And, uh, you know, we, Wiz and I talked a little bit about this, is, is this becoming, you know, offense being the real 
focal point for a lot of teams, and, and the Jets made that very clear with their with, with what they did in this particular draft, and, and, and we'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, you know, I know you love the player. that you, you wanted him for your Vikings. The Jets ended up taking him with a trade with the Vikings. You know, they took Zach Wilson. Uh, they took one of the probably the – Definitely one of the guys at receiver that was getting talked about a lot in Elijah Moore, what that means for Jamison Crowder, that, that needs to be looked at. And a running back that, you know, I think there's a number of Jet fans out there that are like our boy McKenna, who, who really liked this pick, um, the kid Carter from North Carolina. And after that, they took a whole bunch of secondary guys. They really didn't address any other position other than that. So the offense was addressed. The secondary was addressed. Hopefully some of those guys fill in their spots, but what did you think about what the Jets did? I know, like you said, you liked Elijah Vera uh, Tucker. He's now a Jet, so your take on the Jets was? Yeah, I, I think the Jets probably had one of the top five drafts. Um, in, as far as, far as uh, overall draft grades, I thought I would put the Jets in the top five. Uh, Jack, Zach Wilson is, has tremendous arm talent, um, and the Jets did what they could to try and help him with offensive line and receivers and, and skilled players. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, I predicted going 14 to the Vikings. The Jets made that trade, and the Jets took him with that 14 spot. So I, I felt he went right where I thought he was going to go. Elijah Moore, I thought, was a short first-round wide receiver. He lasted into the early second round. Um, and I know there some Jet fans would have preferred maybe uh, Williams from North Carolina running back with that third pick. But, again, I'm talking about combinations. And when you're looking at the fact that they got Elijah Moore – with their second-round pick, and then with pick 107 in round four, Michael Carter, who when you watch play and see him on the field, the immediate player comparison that comes to mind is Darren Sproles. Uh, He is an electric player, and he's going to bring something to the Jets that they haven't had. Matter of fact, their third and fourth picks both will do that. Electrifying players um, and big play type players. And when you have Zach Wilson, that's the kind of player that you need. And I like the other picks as well. Uh, like I said, very tough is the type of guy um, that they could play with right tackle. He could play right guard if he had to. You're pairing him up with Beckton makes for a deadly combination. And uh, I like what the Jets are doing. I like the trajectory they're going on. And uh, boy, some of these teams in the AFC East are really on the rise in a big way. And, uh, the Jets, I feel, with his new coaching staff in place, um, uh, I, I like I like their draft and I like where they're going. Yeah, Adam Gase era is closed. That's very clear. Um, you know, I think from a fantasy perspective, and we'll get more more in depth with this. But on the surface, when you look at that receiving core of the Jets right now. I like this running back room already. I, I did like the two young players they have, and you mentioned the Sproles-like comparisons to Carter. It's just, I don't think there's a lot of dynamism here, and I think if you're a Jet fan, the optimism is is definitely correct, and I, I, I tend to agree with your assessment about this draft as, as it ranks kind of in the top five of uh, all, all teams uh, and, and their draft picks. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot to like, and uh, there's new management, and it seems they have an idea what they're doing, and... Uh, it's very, very impressive uh, draft. The, the Jets had a lot of equity, and I, I think they used it wisely. 
Yeah, so the Miami Dolphins, uh, you know, I, I had them taking Devonta Smith here. They, they ended up going w- with Waddle here. And, uh, oh, sorry, I had Jamar Chase here. Sorry, I had Jamar Chase here. And they went with Waddle. Uh, it certainly seems like the Miami Dolphins are so stoked about all of their picks, including Hunter Long at tight end, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, given that Mike Kosicki is already here. But, you know, we talked about the Dolphins. I know you, you like what they've done, uh, what they're going to have in draft capital over the next couple of seasons, the, the talent that they've already acquired. And I think, you know, Tua Tagovailoa did not really get a fair shot last year in that when I say that he did not have the proper preparation that you would like your quarterback, especially come off an injury he didn't have. So a number of pieces are put in place here. The Dolphins have some exciting defenders coming to this team via this draft, and they also have some offensive help. I think the one key thing I want to mention here before, and, and you can also add to it, but the fact that they did not draft a running back actually speaks volumes for how they feel about the talent that they have on this roster. So Miles Gaskin, Salvin Ahmed, I know they added Malcolm Brown, but the fact that they did not add a running back I thought was very key from a fantasy perspective going into this season. Yeah, they asked, I think with their last pick, they they, they took Dokes from, from Cincinnati. But I, I will say this, when you look at what Miami did with free agency and the draft with Fuller and Waddle, Immediately, Miami goes to maybe the most explosive offense in the NFL. Uh, two guys that are just uh, wildly explosive, uh, a perfect combination for guys like you know Parker and Gasecki to to roam the middle of the field. And uh, and I also like the Hunter Long pick from BC as the, a good compliment. He is not going to be an elite pass catching tight end, but he is a terrific blocker, and he can catch the ball. So the combination of Long and Gusecki, I feel, is a perfect complement. And like I mentioned, with Will Fuller and Waddle, explosive. And I love Jalen Phillips with their, their, their second pick that they had in the first round, 18th pick overall. I think he was a terrific pick. If there wasn't... Um, if it wasn't for some medical concerns about the player, he probably would have been a top 10 pick. He may have been the first defensive player taken in the draft. Um, so I, I think I think that that was an amazing pick. The one mistake, the, 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 in my opinion, the one mistake that Miami made in this draft was um, they took Jevin Holland with their second-round pick, pick 30-all, over over Trayvon Morrig from TCU, who I felt was the best safety in the draft. In my mind, that probably makes the difference in the draft between like an A and an A-plus type draft. Still a terrific draft, probably top five as well. That was the one mistake. Liam Eikenberg, by the way, from, from Notre Dame, is a beast, a giant of an offensive tackle. Um, and I, I like that pick as well. So overall, I think Miami did a lot of good things here. I wish they were taking more rig over Holland at safety. I thought he was a little bit better of a player. I thought he was the best safety in the draft. But overall, uh, Miami did a lot of good things. And uh, these, two, these two last drafts, Miami, they had a lot of draft equity. And I think they hit a home run in both of these drafts. And it's a team coming back that 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 really had an outstanding season last year. Uh, you know, Brian Flores, his, his system has been bought in by by the players. 
Uh, and and look, they, uh, this is all about the continued development of, of Tua Tagovailoa, and he certainly has the offensive weapons to go alongside in that passing. And we didn't even Preston Williams coming back from that that tough injury that he had this year. This is a very, very talented receiving core. And even the kid that they got from the Raiders last year who, who made a lot of noise. Um, I, you know, I just think that there's just so many pieces in place for the Dolphins to excel here. And you have to be very excited if you're just like Eric Brown. He's, he's got to be very pumped up about all this. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the... The, the you know the meteoric rise of the Bills last year. Miami is is on the verge. You could just see of being a playoff team last year, and they've gotten better. So there's no reason to think that they're not going to be a playoff team. The Jets are on the right trajectory, and you have to feel with free agency and uh, some of and and their draft. Uh, New England is looking to bounce back. The AFC East um, is a terrific division and uh, maybe if you just uh, you know just aside from the NFC West it might be the best division of football right now yeah I'm just looking like again up and down this this speed that you mentioned that this roster has because because you know they, they have Lynn Bowden I don't know what that means for a player like Jakeem Grant but he did some good things when he got in there last year so I just look at this there's just speed all over the place on this roster yeah, there, there really is, and like I said, the, the stuff they, they did in between with Phillips and Eichenberg and Hunter Long, who's a good blocker. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things to like about Miami this upcoming season. All righty, very good. So that's going to wrap up the uh, AFC East. We're going to move on through each and every division. So uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're listening as we continue to prepare you for your upcoming season. And Wiz, come right back to you with the AFC North. All right, fantastic.